Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here, just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly, that's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, it's Adam here. At the top of this episode of Monkey Tennis, I wanted to address some rumours that have been circulating recently about us. Uh, rumours that are categorically untrue. Rumours that state that the people who've been donating to us on Kofi are only doing it to get their names read out at the beginning of the podcast. Now, I'd like to say those rumours are categorically untrue. Uh, I would never support that sort of behaviour, and I'm sure neither would James Mayer, Alexander Ord, Jonathan Davies, Ben Brook, Julian Jones, Christopher Adams, Rob War, or any of the other people who've donated generously in the last week or so. Uh, that said, if you are feeling out of the goodness of your heart that you'd like to support us for producing almost 100 episodes for free, then please do pop to Kofi ko-fi.com slash monkey tennis and you can shout us the cost of a cup of coffee or if you're feeling very generous one for each of the five members of monkey tennis that's right there are four hosts but producer jed works tirelessly to make us sound not shit all the time and that actually tends to see him working through most nights so if anyone's in desperate need of a coffee or a kofi it's probably producer jed and you can uh, top up his allowance at ko-fi.com slash monkey tennis thank you very much for your generous support and here comes the podcast. Welcome to Knowing Me, Knowing You, Knowing Me, Alan Partridge, Knowing You, the audience. I've got a hit on my hands. Monkey tennis? Is that good therapy or balmy old cack? Conrad Knight's Monkey tennis? I'm Alan Partridge. Why are you such a tip? Lots of meaty chats. Monkey tennis? I just want you to admit that you hate less tennis. What is it? What is it? What is it? Monkey tennis? Okay, I'm in Manhattan. What do I do now? You are a little shit. Monkey tennis? That in England is a whore. I've taken drugs! Lord Morgan. If you speak again, I will physically hit you. And on that bottom... 
bombshell. Monkey tennis? Thank goodness it's radio. I never thought I'd say that. Hello again and welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast, where today we'll be tackling episode five of Knowing Me, Knowing You, the radio series. I'm Adam Brooks and I'm joined by Tom Dark. Conrad Knight Socks. Nick Alder. Conrad Knight Socks. And Tom Stab. Conrad Knight Socks. So... Let's get the TX date for this episode. When did this first go out? This was the 29th of December, 1992. And crucially, Alan's live from Las Vegas, which seems yeah. like a uh, very expensive way to run a Radio 4 show. <laughs> and of course, this is a bit of a parallel with No Me, No You, the TV show, where Alan does a live broadcast, well, does a broadcast from France. So yes. uh, in both series, there is an episode where they are outside of London. Yes, and if we look at episode order inconsistencies, this is show three in everybody's yes, word. I same in yes. mine, yep. Right. So Quick- Radio... Episode five, book script episode three. Quick question to the group: Has anyone else been to Vegas? Uh, yes, I've been yep. to Vegas. Yep, too young yeah. to gamble though. We've, I all just been, went... we've all been to Vegas. Yep, uh, been been twice. Mm-hmm. Jed, fourteen. Jed's times. been to Vegas. Fourteen. Is that a lie? What? what? How, right, hang on, give, give on. We're going to work on this. <laughs> what, what were you doing in Vegas that you had to go there fourteen times? Well, you I've, in money trouble. Well, I've been I've been to like LA like over. 20 the, the question was Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's quite, it's quite near, so it's, it's not 14 times. <laughs> I'm, I've I'm done not the drive. Gambler. It's about seven hours. Yeah. It's not that close. I'm not a gambler either, so like I don't really... <laughs> no, 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 Jed, 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 Jed. Adam, take charge. I'm, I'm going to take his mic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is very much the I'm, not a, that is very much the I'm not a gambler that, that comes coupled with I could stop any time I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't take it seriously. It's fine. It's not a problem. Uh, There's so, a reason we've started up the coffee. No detail about why I went there 14 times. No, no, no. Very much still a mystery, and that's how we like it. It's a challenge to the listeners uh please send us your reasons why you think jed has been to vegas 14 times <laughs> uh, so alan in vegas is quite interesting it's notable that he uh, seems to love american things at this point i wondered if this episode going south is the beginning of his turning against american things that obviously manif- <laughs> manifests itself when uh, when michael and tex become tex. friends in mm. i'm Anna partridge uh, only 90 seconds in is he and he's insisting that his co-host is not a prostitute yeah important she's to- to draw that line. She's not a whore. Nevertheless, she's the sort of woman who you wouldn't mind paying cash to be with. <laughs> she's so beautiful and lovely. Uh, it's a compliment, sure. And also, Alan has to shush the audience because they're laughing and clapping so much to that yep, point. The like, alarm bells were ringing for me here. Absolutely mad applause. Yeah. He's clearly going to be upstaged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's a little bit like... Um, when there was the, the Knowing Me, Knowing You TV episode where they had the beauty pageant, mm. and didn't we talk about that they prepped the audience to go wild for one of the contestants, but yes. the contestants didn't yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a bit like, I mean, I, I don't know whether they, you know, they probably haven't prepped so that Coogan wouldn't know what's going on. But yeah, just the, it's clearly a layered joke that the audience are wild to be seeing Kendall Ball there and they don't care about Alan. Because he says, uh, oh, it's it's great you're on my show. And she just responds <laughs> saying, yeah. the, the show. Yeah, great to be on the show, my show. Yeah. yeah. Is it worth just uh, explaining how Alan introduces uh, the show that it's a real half pound cheeseburger of a show? Uh, <laughs> lots of meaty chat, a salad of wit and a flap of amusing cheese. Uh, I also enjoyed uh, Alan introduces himself as the equivalent of an English Johnny Carson. Uh, my note here, he wishes we should probably compare Johnny Carson a very successful American TV host comedian writer and producer he won six Emmy Awards uh, the Television Academy uh, 1980 Governor's Award a 1985 Peabody Award and was inducted into the Television Academy Hall of Fame in 1987 yes but comparing to Alan Partridge TV Quicks Man of the Moment, nineteen ninety four. I was going to say, was Johnny Carson TV Quicks Man at the moment? I don't think so. No, but at that point, even Sour Alan, grapes. Even, that's yeah, that's two years in the future for Alan, so he's not even that. But yeah, he hasn't point. got there. Also, has Johnny Carson got a podcast about him? I don't think so. He might do. 
He doesn't. Um, <laughs> Alan says, listen to me and look at her, uh, forgetting <laughs> briefly that this is a radio series. Uh, there's another error in every ruddy word where um, the text says, I don't know if this is, the same in, this is the same in yours, Tom, when he talks about Carly Simon, it says Collie Simon. Yes, that that is incorrect in it. And, and that's kind of like you were saying about, is it like... Uh dictated a dictated thing yeah. because it's just it, it might be a misheard pronunciation and that's how it's been typed out because if, yeah. if you think about it 2003 when this book was published the show had you know the show was uh, in 1992 mm. so the chances of the original scripts being readily available might be quite minimal so they might have have to have had someone listen to the show and dictate the script maybe i don't know it's and a theory also it's it is that level of how much was there a properly typed up script that even existed back then and how mm. much was was a bit loose and improvised as well like when, if you're if yeah. you're if you're spending 90 minutes in the paris studios per episode and it's a half hour broadcast on radio four yeah there may not be a proper textual trans transcript of that anyway you'd still think however the process that they got Although, this, who is Collie Simon? Well, exactly <laughs> whatever the process is you would think someone would proofread that and think that clearly should say carly simon because yeah. that's a famous singer mm. it would just make me think that i wonder if the transcript was done by someone that wasn't particularly invested in it and had you know clearly not spent that much time on it and Although, as the, you say it clear it can't have been proofread the great thing is though i was just thinking unless if we're being stupid and there is a Collie simon and we're just getting it wrong thing about carly simon but if you google Collie Simon, the first result you get is a picture of Simon Cowell with some collie dogs. <laughs> Brilliant. Yep. So that's that's fine. Um, the first guests here are Hollywood star couple, a British actor and a US actress, Sally Hoff and Conrad Knight. Um, and uh, it's, it's sort of made clear that she's part of like a kind of Hollywood dynasty, uh, Mimi Langland's daughter and Lara Langland's sister. Um, they play Thank You for the Music, which is, I think, one of the few non-relevant walk-on songs oh, yeah. where Alan doesn't even attempt to kind of tie it to them because they're not musicians are they um i think sally hoff is a, yeah sally hoff is a singer oh my mistake sorry i have her down as an actress maybe uh, maybe i got that i wrong. think she's perhaps a singer slash actress right. okay and i mean obviously this is this is one of those situations a bit like the hypnotist where we have similar types of stars in the tv series mm. but they're a different age and they're kind of they the way the interview goes is very different to here mm. but they have obviously kind of done a similar thing it's the yeah. tanya beaumont gary barker TV version, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. So, um, yeah, as, as you mentioned with the Carly Simon thing, it becomes clear Alan tried to book a bigger name. Uh, either her sister Lara, Liza Minnelli, Barbara Streisand or Car Carly Simon. Couldn't get any of them. They're all working tonight, but you are available. <laughs> uh, Alan does have to, again, uh, shush them because they're just making uh, small talk with Kendall. And again, they're more interested in Kendall than they are. Yeah. Alan. So Alan really has to sort of worm his way in to establish himself well, as the host. Well, I think he hates that they've got an immediate rapport and he's not a part of that. Yeah, exactly. Um, did you think as well that I, th I think that the conceit in the APU is that this is a Hollywood couple that are of a level of fame, but even in the APU, they're kind of D-list at best, much like how I think right. the guests in the TV show that, you know, in the APU, they are famous people, but they're not top-notch. They're not A-list. It's mm. kind of like mm. we're scraping uh, the barrel because no one else is free. And a lot of the interview relates to uh, their more famous relatives yes, yes. Relative rather than them themselves. So... I was quite surprised that uh, Kendall, the co-host, uh, becomes the hard interviewer, takes mm, quite yeah. an unexpected turn, starts tackling uh, tackling the guests about uh, her mother's alcoholism, which she says was a, ver a very private problem. I've written a book about it, and that's what I have <laughs> so to say. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and then they uh, they then go on to uh, Conrad's 1979 autobiography uh, called 
a gent in LA. Alan's very confused because he thought he was agent, agent. in LA. <laughs> um, with the interesting bonus fact that uh, legally, Conrad can now be called a cunt in print because he <laughs> tried and failed to sue Spy Magazine for calling him that. Yeah, so that it was accurate enough. Yeah, so the setup there is that Spy Magazine changed the first two letters of the word gent and left the last two. So I like the fact that obviously it's a 6.30pm Radio 4 comedy, even they can't say cunt at this time. Um, but, you know, it's all there for the audience to work out. And I think this exchange is probably one of my favourite exchanges in the series when um, they're talking about it basically set a legal precedent that people can call him. Uh, he can be referred to uh, Kant in, in print without fear of litigation. So they're clarifying just print. So Alan says, no, I couldn't call you that. And uh, Conrad says, no, but you could fax me. Um, and Alan asks, scribble it down on a piece of paper and hold it up to your face. Conrad says, perfectly legal, yes, and people do do that. <laughs> I absolutely love that exchange. It's brilliant. Um, it turns out that there is some basis for this because Conrad turned over a load of massive stars uh, and exposed them or claimed they were communists during the era of McCarthyism. Uh, yeah. So he is a bit of a rotten shid. Um, so the list of all those people, Bogart, Chaplin, Miller, Kazan, Houston, they were all either called in front of the House on American Activities Committee, which right. was real, yeah. um, uh, were members of the American Communist Party, or for a time were accused of being communists. I so like there is the, some um, fact the in thing that. about uh, Charlie Chaplin. Um, so I think Alan says the walk seems to be saying be a communist, and I just thought, <laughs> as Alan the author, that would be phrased slightly differently, and it would be be a communist. His walk seemed to say <laughs> slight difference. Um, again, he Alan tries to sort of diminish the achievements of his guests. So he says to Conrad, "You did the series of dinosaur films. <laughs> now they were rubbish, weren't they?" Uh, although uh, Conrad claims that one of them won an Oscar for best use of animated dinosaur. Uh, <laughs> as you might expect, that is not a genuine Oscar category. But I did a find, shame. I did find a few uh, Oscar categories that used to exist but have since been retired. So. Oh, nice. Uh, there used to be an Oscar for Best Dance Direction. Uh, there used to be an Oscar for Best Short Film in Colour. There used to be an Oscar for Best Short Film Novelty. And there also used to be an Oscar for Best Title Writing, which is basically mm. the dialogue in silent films. Interesting. Yeah. Oh. Just uh, the like the title cards. Like literally the title yeah. cards, yeah, yeah. Best title cards ha nice. had its own Oscar back in the day. I guess uh, was that because it was like kind of hand design work and stuff like that? I suppose, yeah. Mm. Or maybe it was to do with the timing of it being on yeah. screen. And I that guess it was quite integral to the film, so... Yeah, I suppose it's, it, it's like a form of cinematography, yeah. isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but sadly, no best use of an animated dinosaur, which is uh, the Oscar that uh, Conrad won. I enjoyed that uh, Conrad qualifies it with, I've done better work, and Alan says, but have you? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, is it around this point that Conrad starts to uh, throw some product placement into the mix? Uh, yes, and I think he says uh, Conrad Night Socks four times before Alan realises as well. So this is a bit of a weird celebrity product, and obviously recently we had <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle. So uh, I've come up with a little game. I've come up with some uh, fake and real um, celebrity-endorsed products. Right. And basically I want you to tell me whether it's true or false. Do they exist or do they not exist? We're looking for a group consensus here. Mm -hmm. So okay. I've got ten. I'm going to go through them and all you need to do is tell me uh, is it true, do they exist or is it false, they're fake Okay, so number one The Kiss Casket The band Kiss brought out a line of caskets Tragically oh, God, it sounds I'm, I'm, yeah. Tragically, I know for a fact this is true <laughs> We're saying true Yeah, it is true It is true, they cost $3,000 Next up The Kardashian A Kardashian family prepaid credit card Oh. I mean, it, it, it I mean, nothing would surprise me with that family. Yeah, yeah. it sounds. Plausible. Could it be true, or is it? Or, or is, it is, a play, is the play on words so bad that it couldn't be true? Maybe. Sh should we? Should we hope for the best and say false? I'm going to say false because okay. they're the sort of family where I would believe it would be true. So I'm saying false. Yeah, false. 
It's true. A hundred dollars to own for two years, uh, and the withdrawal fees were one dollar fifty. They are no longer available. Number three. Hanson's own beer called Mmm Hops. Yes, that's real. <laughs> Straight in there. Yeah, not I even s- consulting us for our no, opinion. No, no. No, sorry, I spend a lot of time on social media. I've seen Mmm Hops come and go. <laughs> okay. okay. It is true. Right. It is a pale ale. That's my favourite one. JLS yeah, so condoms. <laughs> JLS condoms. Also real. Yeah, they're real. True. Just Love Safe Condoms were launched in 2010. <laughs> Next up, Kerry Katona's Kerry Katona. As oh, in... Like uh, a toning pr- yeah, product. Printer. No, no, printer. For printers. <laughs> okay. No, toning false. For printers. false. No. It, could, it should have been a toning product. Uh, it's got to be false. It's got to be false. It's true. <laughs> what? No, it's not really. <laughs> <laughs> it's false. <laughs> okay, uh, so we're right. We don't get the bell. Come on. Get, thank yeah. you. Sorry. Uh, Tom one, Dark works on a rewards based system. You <laughs> yes. know that. Uh, one Direction Cluedo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think this one is Tom Stab in the podcast with the blatant lie. Not Uh, true. Yeah, get it on a Kickstarter though, I'm keen to fund. Please be false. It is false. There is One Direction Monopoly though. That is true. Uh, Nelly's Pimp Juice. (laughs) I think that's true. It's true, but the the actual drink is going to be more innocuous than you're imagining. Uh, It's true, uh, named after his 2002 single. Uh, (laughs) Next up, number eight, Jessica Simpson's Edible Cosmetics. Surely it's false. Oh. You're not going to like smudge something into your eyes and then eat it. Oh, it's false. Yeah. Please be false. I, I'm, well, I'm worried it's true, Adam, but I'm going to say... Think about I'm it. I'm going to say false. Edible we'll cosmetics. Say false. It. It's true. Uh, yeah, what? It's absolutely true, yeah. Can Jessica's, we get more detail on this? Uh, the just... only one that I've noted down here was a deliciously kissable belly button love potion fragrance. What? Mm. That I mean, doesn't I, make any sense. That's too many words for that to be a thing. Look it up in your own time. It is true. I won't bother. Uh, number nine, Noel Edmonds bottom wrinkle cream for crinkly bottoms. No, get no, out. It false. I want it to be true and <laughs> would purchase. <laughs> What's if, the consensus? If there false. was some, if there was some sort of claim that it cured a serious disease, I would think believe it. But no, it just cures a crinkly bottom. Yeah. And the last one, Ramstein dildo kit. Yes, that's true. True, got to be true. Can't tell you how I know, but it's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that was rubbish. That is true. Uh, they are modelled on each band member's penis. Wow. Penises. Staggering. You need to explain yourself off mic. I just like to read about merch, that's all. Yeah, you did very well. I didn't keep a tally, but yeah, you did pretty well. We did so fine. that's the end. Yeah, there you go. Um, quick bit of info on Conrad Knight socks. You can actually buy Conrad Knight socks. What? Yep. It's a brand, that's all I've got. <laughs> no, I, I think it's basically, I think it's one of those uh, Etsy, Redbubble type things where people, like, yeah, basically yeah, yeah. a Partridge fan has just made... It's, it's that sort of thing. You could probably have Conrad Knight mugs or pillowcases. It's whatever that image is. But yeah, you, you can get them. Hi, Monkey Tennis listeners. It's producer Jed here. Once again, brazenly flouting the one word per episode rule to bring you some fantastic news. Now, I know what you're thinking out there. You're thinking... God, I wish there were more podcasts, and I'm here to tell you that myself and the joint third favourite monkey tennis host, Tom Dark, have conspired together to bring you just that. It's called Social Distancing Diaries, and we've managed to convince a bunch of famous people, stroke musicians, to give you some insight into what they're up to during lockdown. People like Roddy from Idlewild, Blaine from Mystery Jets, Billy from The Subways, and lots more. Later this week, we even get Lamar from Kajagoogoo to do the theme from Neverending Story. So subscribe now to Social Distancing Diaries, or Tom and I will drown in the swamp of eternal sadness and you'll feel bad. Now, 
back to the show. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay. It all gets very emotional at this point. Uh, Comrade, ha- uh, we find Comrade had a heart attack. Sally had a nervous breakdown. Alan starts to well up uh, a transatlantic sea of tears, as he describes <laughs> it. Uh, but the couple have a surprise for Alan to sing a little song, and Alan's going to sing too. Um, this bit gets a bit strange. Uh, and also, Comrade mentioning Comrade Night Socks during the song <laughs> is perhaps a step too far even for me. Yeah, I, I feel like it's a, it's a shame. I think the beginning of this sec- this interview section was great. I thought the, the Comrade Night Socks stuff, the, the Agent in LA stuff was all really great. And then just the song, I just, there's, just the comic payoff just isn't really there for me, I don't think. I don't know what you guys made of it. Another every ruddy word error. The line, you had a total nervous breakdown, is attributed to Alan in the book, but said by Kendall in the show. Interesting. Uh, I mean, at this point, it doesn't really matter. The whole thing's evidently Oh, yeah, it's littered, absolutely littered. But it is interesting the way this plays out, that Kendall is the one going for the journalistic uh, kind of, the journalistic digging in in this episode, which we've mm. seen Alan do previously. But remember, also he has asked a racing driver what his favourite colour car is. <laughs> like, oh yeah, he's inconsistent by his very nature. Yeah, uh, which really reminds me of that episode of Later with Jules Holland, where he once interviewed Kings of Leon and asked them what their favourite tree was. <laughs> it didn't go down well. Um, wow. Um, so love that. the the next guest is Bernie Rosen, an American comedian. Alan uh, introduces him by saying, "Knock knock, who's there?" Alan, Alan who? Alan Partridge. You've probably guessed I'm not a comedian, but my next guest is. Uh, so. It seems that the only prerequisite to get on this show now is that you have to have been performing comedy while Alan eats a carvery near you. Mm. Alan was having a carvery and spotted this guy perform, and now, miraculously, he's filling out the bill on tonight's show. So that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about this. Is the implication there as well that they, 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 they've set up doing this whole live show in LA and they've actually struggled to fill guests? So, you know, obviously in the real world, that isn't what would happen. Like, you'd kind of 
get it all lined up before you're kind of in production. But obviously Alan's been having dinner the night before and got, yeah, we'll just book him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely it? that. Yeah. And so the level, the level of comedian that he's managed to get is very, very low. Um, so yeah, I mean, and also we know from the TV series, Alan's got a bit of a habit of thinking that he's got a knack for spotting hot new entertainers and then putting them straight yes. on the show. And it <laughs> always backfires. Although yeah. actually you say that, uh, Cheeky Monkey and Mac and uh, Joe, Joe Beasley, Beasley. He saw, didn't he see them? He, it was a promise he made 15 years earlier <laughs> oh, when he saw them at whole seasons. <laughs> that's true. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's basically an issue here that there is a, there's a cross Atlantic failure for the comedy to translate. Uh, do you think the audience has been briefed not to laugh at his jokes here? or do you, Maybe, because I think... They fall a bit flat, don't yeah, they? And they're not terrible. Yeah, it's interesting, because I think immediately, like, it's signposted that the audience aren't on side with him because he he says something like, not in the biblical sense, though, mm. live in hope, a Kendall. So immediately the audience aren't on board with him and you know it's not going to go well. But I, th- I agree, like, not all of the jokes are terrible. Um, like, the joke where he said, we've got so much money here in Vegas, we call it Oi Vegas that's not a great gag and the audience no. don't go with it. Yeah. But the following joke about that lady there looks like she just got in from a funeral her own. I thought mm. that wasn't so bad. I thought that was vaguely amusing. Um, and it turns out that Alan's sort of touch points for British Jewish comedies are Shylock, Fagin and Maureen <laughs> Lippmann and the BT adverts as well. So there's like, there's no cultural awareness really of, uh, of Bernie's act is there. Yeah. And if you look at the line of questioning here, you've got um, Kendall is asking, is comedy, is your comedy a defence mechanism? So she's actually asking yep. interesting questions that could have quite good answers. Alan, who's your favourite comedian? So yeah, Alan's kind of, Alan's comfort zone in terms of an interview, it's kind of a smash hits level, isn't it? What's your yeah. favourite colour? What's mm. your favourite breakfast? I mean, he does say kind of, he. I think he says to at one point, keep it light yeah. because he can see that it's just it's going too far yep. down a road that he doesn't want to pursue and then that's followed up by how do you deal with anti-Semitism in your profession? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then, yeah, then it just goes, oh God. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, Alan insists that Bernie tell us a joke about Jews, and then Alan claims he has a great joke about Jews, but no, his joke is anti-Semitic. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've also just got a note here, I think this must have just been a direct quote from Alan, Norwich is an attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so Alan essentially says there are centres of excellence in the UK, uh, namely Oxford, Cambridge and Norwich, uh, and adds that Norwich isn't just a way of life, it's an attitude. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what that attitude is, maybe... Bad attitude. It, it, or, or a naughty attitude. Is it a naughty attitude, maybe? Um, so there's a few things, because that's kind of towards the end, isn't it? The bit about Norwich, I think. Um, so there's a few things where I think Alan, earlier in the interview, Alan's starting to get audibly annoyed uh, because he isn't really in control of the guests when he says, I'm sure you're a very funny man, but you never answered a question. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and I, I did wonder, did Alan even actually enjoy this guy's act when he saw him in the in the carvery or whatever it was like what did he expect because he does a joke about liberal jews orange jews apple jews and he's saying and and he says i wrote that joke for tonight and alan says well you shouldn't have bothered it's like (laughs) what level of comedy did alan think he was going to get from this guy i'm starting to think that what's happened is alan has confused the quality the good quality of a carvery with with (laughs) with with the good quality of a comedian and he's just he's had such a nice time eating this carvery and there happened to be a comedian there that he's just sort of thought it was all good yeah well then they talk about that he bought him a drink so is it simply Alan's been that easily swayed to book him on his show because the guy bought him a drink with the first time they met. Yeah, quite surprising. Especially, that especially if Alan's out there with researchers that don't like him and a co-host that outpaces him and then he goes to a bar to eat a carvery on his own yeah. and a nice comedian buys him a drink. The one person that's engaged him in conversation exactly. and offered to buy him a drink is like, yeah. yeah, you're booked on the show, come on tomorrow. He's absolutely melted and said, yes, please be on telly. Um, I had another note as well that I think... Alan says rich stream of Jewish comedy. Well, I presume he means seam of comedy. 
because a rich you have a rich seam, not a rich stream. So just a little fluff in the script there. I yeah, thought you could have that. a rich stream. You? No, like a I, sort I, of... I think the phrase is a rich seam. I'm, I He's taking to Google. He doesn't believe me, even <laughs> though producer Jed is nodding along. I do think this. Do section... we trust Jed on any front? Good point, actually. <laughs> Nick, get to Google. I do think this section is one of the weaker sections, and I, I think, agree. I think yeah. sometimes on Know Me Knowing You, the acts that don't work actually don't work. Like you know, yeah. sort of when they fall apart, it's not always very funny or good comedy content. Apart from Max Beasley, and apart Chicken from Monkey. Max Beasley, <laughs> Joe, is it Max or Joe? Joe Beasley. I Joe, keep, oh, it's Joe Beasley. I keep, Joe Beasley, I keep saying Monkey. Max Beasley. Unbelievable. Is Max Beasley a character in something else? No, I think Max Beasley's an actor, isn't yes, he? Yeah, he is, Max yeah. Beasley's an actor. It's Joe is Beasley. Is Max Beasley in The Outsider? That's why he's in my head, I think, because, yeah, yeah, he's just turned up in The Outsider, isn't yeah, he? Let, let's talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> pod, the Podsider? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Have we come to a conclusion on the scene versus stream, or are we willing to just let it go? It's it rich seam. It's rich seam, and it's an idiom. Okay, you're, you're an idiom. idiom. There we go. Thank you very much. Now we can move on. So the final guest of the show is one of the biggest, uh, the highest big stakes gamblers in Vegas. Um, Alan starts reading out just various bingo calls, etc. Legs eleven, eleven. Uh, it's Jack the Black Cat Colson, um, and he Alan clearly gets his references muddled straight away. Uh, Hawaii Five O and Telly Sabalas. Uh, he also clearly doesn't understand poker. And I sort of thought, what did he think he was going to be asking about in this interview? Because he yeah. doesn't know anything about any of the things that the guest knows. I'm, uh, I'm coming in with another every ruddy word error. In every ruddy word, it says Texas Holding. Oh, Texas oh, Holding. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even spot that either. This is all the attention of live closed caption uh, on TV, <laughs> yes. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, so it, as, Jack, as Jack the Black Coulson is talking through kind of how he plays, and you can hear Alan going, ooh, and reacting like that, and you can mm. just tell he's got no idea what he's talking <laughs> yeah. about. He's yeah. got no idea what any of the lingo means. Just make noises. Although he does about. have a huge amount of confidence about his foolproof roulette system. Does anyone remember what it was? Uh, doesn't he flip from one to the other? So yeah, it's heads the coin and would tails. always alternate heads to tails yeah, each yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, exactly. he, he says it's foolproof, although he has only developed it on the plane over, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it works every time in his imagination. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably one of the few times where Alan's imagination hasn't failed him. That's mm. true. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> he yeah. normally got, uh, limits himself with his imagination. Uh, the system, in Alan's words, <laughs> is uh, if I toss the coin and it's heads, next time it's bound to be tails. Anyone here done roulette or or poker at all? Well, yeah, I'm not well, surprised Jed has. He's Jed in has. Vegas every other week. Trips to Vegas. <laughs> um, bef- before we get a bit more into that uh, foolproof system, I did enjoy um, Alan talking about, oh, his name is Telly Savalas and he's on the telly. It's a bit like me being called Radio Partridge. It was Radio Caroline, wasn't there? That's her name. I enjoyed that bit. <laughs> Whose name? Radio Caroline. You know, yeah, I'm with you now. Um, <laughs> is it time for Alan to start losing or winning some money? It is. He, oh, thinks, yeah. that, uh, he thinks that Jack's Texan belly is going a little bit yellow. So Alan um, decides to bet Jack a thousand bucks on the flip of a coin. Yeah, and he's happy for the, uh, that winning check to be made out to Great Ormond Street. Yes. Uh, but for I now. Notice, yeah, but I did notice when it gets to 10,000 bucks, leave it blank. Yeah. Yeah. You'll write that. Yeah. You'll finish it off. Sort that out later. Yeah, so yeah, he's won a thousand dollars, then he wins ten thousand dollars. Just thought, walk away, I Alan. Thought, Just I walk thought, away. of course he'll stop there. <laughs> Uh, as you say, Jack fills out the ch- starts to fill out the check to Great Ormond Street Hospital. Alan stops him because uh, let's not be hasty. Uh, and then Alan, of course, discovers that uh, Jack has a Mercedes. And at that point, I knew it was all over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so have I missed something here? So obviously, Alan uh, gambles away his uh, his, his Granada car. Granada. His, his maroon Ford, Ford Granada. Granada. So correct Scorpio. me if I'm wrong. He's gambled away the car, but he's still eleven grand up. Uh, no, he hasn't gambled think... away the eleven grand. They just gamble the car. 
but they're they're kind of like no. they're increasing the stakes each, each time. time. So it it's like, but they don't. Yeah, get, yeah but I think it's like cancel cancel the one thousand bucks. Let's let's yeah, bet yeah, for yeah, ten thousand yeah. bucks. Yeah, cancel yeah, the ten thousand bucks. Let's bet for the maroon yeah. Ford Granada Scorpion. I think it could be clear in the Scorpio. script. Scorpio. I think it could be clear in the script because in the script there's no mention of like oh and let's add on like the car and stuff like that. Okay, it, well let's get like, uh, let's get Steve Coogan on the phone. Yes, let's do that. Steve, the script needs to be clearer. We're going live to Steve now. Steve, do you agree with me? Yes, thanks. Great. Silence speaks volumes. Yeah. So Alan drives a maroon Ford Granada Scorpio that he believes has a value of $20,000. Uh, I did briefly look up the, the value these days. No Sold for about £1,100, if that. <laughs> uh, that's not all, though. Alan is keen to try and do everything he can to win this back. And remember, his system is foolproof. So at this point, he offers up Carol's Micra, um, which, spoiler, he also loses. Yeah, and I guess that that is the thing about increasing the stakes doesn't work because there's no way that the Micra is... I, know it, I don't think it matters. I don't though. think it matters. No. The I, point is Alan's lost everything. But also, oh, actually, so actually, it's the stakes that it's betting two cars, not one. Yeah. I guess that's... I also yeah. don't think it matters to uh, Jack... The black cat. Oh, he's just he's just playing with him by now, isn't he? I don't even know if he he doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to him what the stake is. He just loves gambling. So it could be it could be like uh, this bell or this book or whatever. He would just want to do. He just loves gambling. So it doesn't matter. And I think it's an opportunity to show Alan up Mm. as being an idiot as well, which he's quite keen on. And this Um, leaves uh, it leaves Kendall the co-host to say one of Alan's bits because basically he's distraught at losing his and Carol's cars. Uh, (laughs) And and interestingly, these are the only credits that don't start with Steve Coogan's name at the beginning of the Uh, thanks. Right. Uh, possibly because it's not Steve Coogan reading it out. I love the bit when he shouts to Kendall, go powder your nose, babe, to Kendall when she's trying to tell him to not gamble more. It's like the veil has really dropped. That's that's a view of the real Alan, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's like, much, you wouldn't like, understand this. Let go, the big boys go do over their there, thing. woman. This is like man's gambling business. So in the podcast, there has been some discussion about the correct way to pronounce Dune's name. Uh, now, she does the outro as Kendall. Right, And she says, you know, because obviously they list the name of all the people who work with it, yeah. Steve Coogan, Patrick, blah, blah, blah. She says, do McKeon. Yes. So therefore, we've said, is it do McKeon? Where did do McKean come from? It uh, it appears that do McKean is the correct way to pronounce it. Interesting. Well, yeah. that's, so it's not McKeon. That's, that's settled then. A yeah, long running debate McKean. finally I mean, solved. If that's how she's saying it, I think that's definitely yeah, going to yeah. be the way yeah. to do it. Yeah. Uh, super. Well, that's only taken us four years to get that. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to the end of episode five of uh, Knowing Me, Knowing You, the radio series. Uh, if you've got any thoughts, comments, or suggestions about it, or, or some bits that we've missed, I'm sure there are a couple at least this episode. Uh, it's thepartridgepod at gmail.com, facebook.com slash thepartridgepod, twitter at thepartridgepod, instagram at monkeytennispod, and the monkey tennis hotline is 07923 If you're feeling particularly generous and you've enjoyed all of the uh, work we've done over the years dissecting Alan for your pleasure, then please do go to ko fi.com slash monkeytennis and you can drop us a coffee or if you're feeling particularly generous five coffees so that even producer Jed can have one uh, thanks so much for all your support uh, everyone who listens supports us goes to Kofi subscribes rates us and all of that jazz uh, we'll be back with episode six of Knowing Me Knowing You the radio series next week but for now from everyone at Monkey Tennis the Alan Partridge fan podcast thank you so much and goodbye go paddy your nose Adam to what happened in Vegas Jed <laughs> welcome to Knowing Me Knowing You Knowing Me Alan Partridge knowing you, the audience. I've got a hit on my hands. Monkey tennis? Is that good therapy or balmy old cack? Conrad Knightsoft. Monkey tennis? I'm Alan Partridge. Why are you such a kid? Lots of meaty chats. Monkey tennis? I just want you to admit that you hate less tennis. What is it? What is it? What is it? Monkey tennis? Okay, I'm in Manhattan. What do I do now? You are a little shit. Monkey tennis? That in England is a whore. I've taken drugs. Lord Morgan. If you speak again, I'll. 
physically hit you. And on that bombshell... Monkey tennis? Thank goodness it's radio. I never thought I'd say that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.